you know, fear is what kind of prevents us from moving forward in our life and, and making changes that can be changes for the better. Sometimes you get pushed through your fear by circumstances that are not circumstances you create yourself. Coming up, Ariane talks with Paige Adams-Geller, the founder of Paige Premium Denim, next on Change Nation from First30Days.com. This Change Nation podcast is presented by City. City never sleeps. Welcome to the first 30 days. I'm Ariane, and today I'm speaking with Paige Adams Geller about the first 30 days of both starting a business and pursuing a dream. This fit jeans model turned designer started her own business, Paige Premium Denim. Her company's mission is to provide flattering designer jeans to everyone, regardless of size and shape. Having struggled with eating disorders in her personal life, Paige tolerates no body image pressure that often goes with the business. So Paige, it's a pleasure to welcome you to the first 30 days. I'm excited to hear your tips, your wisdom, your experience, your sort of life journey and what brought you to creating this great company, Paige Premium Denim. Um, what the journey was like to pursue that dream. And really just welcome welcome to the first three days. I know a lot of people listening to this are going to be excited to hear this. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm, it's a pleasure to, to be able to talk to you about this topic because um, I, I do agree with you in the sense that change is very difficult and very scary. And I think that, um, you know, fear is what kind of prevents us from moving forward in our life and, and making changes that can be changes for the better. And, and I know that um, sometimes you get pushed through your fear um, by, by circumstances um, that are not circumstances you create yourself. Sometimes you're forced to move through change, and sometimes change is something that happens within, and, and the universe kind of speaks to you and tells you that you're ready. And um, I know in my instance and in my case with Page Premium Denim, um, I feel in creating Page Premium Denim, I feel that everything that I've really been through in life up to the moment that I started the brand really brought me to the point where I am today. And if it weren't for a lot of the negative things and a lot of the positive things that I've been through um, and changes that I've gone through and experienced myself, um, I really wouldn't be where I am today. So. I encourage change and, and growth and constantly trying to seek seek um, something better out there because there always is something better. And sometimes it takes a lot of lemons to make lemonade. <laughs> and so, you know, I feel that something that I've that was actually one of the hardest um, obstacles that I had to overcome in my life is what brought me to where I am today. So um, with that being said, um, did you always know? Did you always know that you wanted to start a business? Do you think you had it inside of you, and sort of life brought you to that place? Um, I, I think deep down, yes. It's really interesting. I, I feel like it's 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 kind of kind of funny, but I remember as a young girl. Um, listening at times to my mother, like needing to ask my father for. Um, for things like let me ask your father permission or let me ask your father if it's okay if I do this and there was a part of me that inside that inside deeply was like 
I don't feel like I want to ask for anything from somebody. I feel like I want to be independent and strong and an independent woman and be very, and my mom's strong, but, and I know, you know, marriage is a partnership, but there was something within me from a young age that's like, I want to create something and I want to build something and I want to be an inspiration to others. And I'd even watch um, all my children and be enamored with Erica Kane. <laughs> I don't know if you know who she is, but sure. Erica Kane, you know, on, I would watch watch that show when I was little and think, I want to be a successful businesswoman like that. And I want to create beautiful things. But, you know, my, my path changed after that. And, and I entered the world of, of modeling and, and my whole world was, was a little different than I expected it to be. And, but I think deep down, I always knew that I wanted to be in control of my life or in charge of my life. Though sometimes we're never, you know, we never are truly in control. But, I, I wanted to, to 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 be a successful businesswoman. Mm-hmm. And so, what, so, what was what was the the inspiration to get going and create this fabulous line of jeans? Which, by the way, I'm wearing your jeans right now. Oh my gosh! Thank yes. you. That's Absolutely. so exciting. I'm a huge fan. Yay! What style do you have on? Oh, I have Laurel Canyons. I won't Yay. tell you what size, but <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> Laurel Canyons are what put me on the map. So that's oh. so cute. They're my my first. Style and my and the one that's nearest and dearest to my heart, so that that makes my heart heart warm. But yeah, my journey to starting my business was really. Um, if I have to go back and kind of tell you a little bit of my history, because I, I was overweight as a little girl and was always teased and constantly called names like Miss Piggy and Pudgy Pagey, and was like the last girl chosen on the on the team in sports and. And, you know, it was me and the slow kid. And, and I always had a very difficult time with my body and with my self-image and self-esteem. I knew I was the smart girl in school, but but never was the pretty girl or never was, you know, was just never very popular. And I got so tired of people calling me names and throwing spit wads at me on the bus and throwing eggs at me and telling me I was ugly and and, you know, would go and kind of encounter the whole world of modeling and pageantry with my mom and I'd get fascinated with with that whole world and I loved to entertain and perform and people would come up to me and say you have such a beautiful face if you just lost weight and over the years I ended up you know going from overeating as a kid to um to not eating and and you know it all of a sudden became like the skinny girl and, and the more popular girl and the cheerleader and was still head of my class. But what happened at that point is I, I started winning pageants and got offered a contract to go to New York and graduate high school. I graduated high school when I was 16 and left to go to New York to model and was offered a contract with Elite in New York City. And at that time, at 16 years old, you know, in New York City, um, I was five five foot eight inches and weighed about 98 pounds and got down to about 92 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it, it was ridiculous. But that's when I was booking, you know, that's when I was in demand. And, and you know, that's what a runway model really, you know, needs to be like a hanger for the clothes. And, you know, 90, anywhere between 98 and 95 pounds was like actually where I looked best on camera and I looked wow. best on print and I looked best on the runway. And it's really sad. And in that moment of time, I had gone from being an overeater to suffering from anorexia. And, at, you know, every day was literally about getting on a scale, looking at the scale, and deciding whether or not it was going to be a good day if I felt like I could go audition and, you know, felt skinny enough. 
And that's not really what I'd ever imagined for my future and not really how I wanted to use my brain and my head. And I really wasn't comfortable just being a body or a commodity and um, was not happy at all. So I left New York City and decided to go to college and, and majored in like communications and broadcast journalism. And, and over time, after graduating college, ended up modeling again and and acting and being in the entertainment industry. And without going into too much depth with that, I ended up getting sick again and, you know, getting really sick from anorexia and having to go get treatment. And um, going through an experience like that um, and just not being happy with who I am as a person or my body or that way of, like, living life every day based on how much food I was eating or not eating and living life on a scale – um, made me, I needed to make a change in my life, a big one. So I got treatment and got help. And after getting help, I started to work as a fit model, which is a model that needs to be a size six or size eight, a healthier size, and started working for designers for tons of different companies. I, was, I worked for Guest Jeans and Lucky Jeans and then True Religion and Seven for All Mankind, Citizens of Humanity, and really became known as the body behind like some of these extremely successful premium denim lines. And once I, I was known as an expert in fit, because what, what basically happened, I guess I'll backtrack a little, when I was doing the fit modeling, instead of it really being about my body, I became fascinated with it being about learning how to design clothes that make women look great. And I worked for a ton of male designers who really didn't care as much about that. They just wanted to make a cool-looking jean. <laughs> it was like, yeah, that jean looks cool. And I'd be like, yeah, but if somebody bigger than a size 10 is wearing this, they're going to look really big and it's not going to be flattering. And a lot of the feedback I'd get from the designers was really, well, if she's over a size 10, she shouldn't be wearing my jean. And at times that would just hit home of how bad I felt about my body and about how on a daily basis I felt like I wasn't good enough unless I was really skinny. And, you know, with what happens in the media and the entertainment industry and on camera with actresses, I always call them the incredible shrinking women. They get a TV show and they get skinnier and skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. And and it's, it, 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 you know, so they can look better on camera and fit it into the clothes that the designers are sending for the red carpet or for the covers of the magazines. And really that's the inspiration of, of living in that world for so many years um, behind my brand. I got to a point where I was really at the top of my game. I was a very successful fit model. I became known as a, a fit expert and then a design consultant. And I, I got to a point where I felt empty inside and really knew that I needed to to do something that had more depth and more meaning. And I really wanted to find my purpose in life. Did you see yourself as a businesswoman? Like like the switch from that to I'm going to start my business, I'm going to start my own line? What really happened, yeah, what the shift was, was I went from I need to find my purpose in life and knowing that making women feel good about themselves empowers me and makes me feel good about myself and helping others, um, helping others, just helping others, whether it be through fashion or through some kind of emotional connection was really what makes me tick. And what happened is I went to a life coach who um, I was asking her to help me find my purpose in life and, and maybe I was going to go back into acting. And it was she and I working together, working through this like life coaching where she said to me, your passion is definitely not acting. Your passion is helping women and you are super smart and you could own your own company and be a successful businesswoman. And nobody had really looked at me like that in years. 
I had been known as a model or a body or a commodity. And she gave me back my confidence, and so did my husband. Well, and, bless her. That's uh, a lovely God, story. Of going, you're a smart woman, and you can own your own company, and you can be a leader, and you can empower people that way. And if you did have your own company, what would it be? And that's really the seed that was planted. And I went home and started talking to my husband about, God, do you think I could start my own my own denim line? Do you think I could start my own clothing line? Um, and he was like, that is brilliant. He goes, I'm, you know, he knew how smart I was. You know, I graduated college when I was 20 and, and really had always, I feel more comfortable being known for my brain than I ever have for my body or as a model or as a commodity. Yep. And that shift, all of a sudden I felt like myself again. Like I felt like the person who I had lost for so many years was back. Like this is who I was always meant to be and this is what I was meant to be doing. And I came into my own again and I couldn't wait. It was like I was like a sponge. It was like I went, I, I you know, resigned from all of the jobs that I was doing as a fit model. Um, literally went out and bought like every kind of book I could imagine on creating like a business or or like creating an image or marketing and branding and remembered like the classes I took in college that were all about marketing and and like coming up with like a thought of what the label would be and what the name of the brand would be and what I wanted and what kind of mission I was going to make and what kind of statement I was going to make and all of a sudden I started to feel alive again. It was like oh my god this feels so good because I always loved school and I loved learning. And I loved, you know, I loved that. And all of a sudden, my passion just started to to build and grow. And I felt 100% page and like complete again. When you think back, do you remember those first 30 days? Do you do you remember Vividly. them fondly? Do you remember them? They were nerve anxiety. Did you know what you were doing, or it was just unfolding? It was a bunch of different things. It was like um, the excitement was like. You know, it's almost like whenever I dig into a project, I get so excited about it. I want to know everything about it, and the research part is something I've always loved. So even like when it comes to decorating my house, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to decorate my house, and I want to do Art Deco as my theme, or this or that. It's like I I want to learn everything, and so that part was like the exciting, enthusiastic, like, you know, just like you know, just so exciting to think about, God, what would I call the brand and, and what would I want to name the brand and, and what would my platform be and my mantra and my mission? The fear was like every single time I'd make a decision, like, okay, what if we call the brand and I'd come up with some silly name? And then it was like, who's the demographic and who's the market and who's the target? And the fear of making the wrong decision. Like that would like, as soon as I'd try to make a decision, I'd get the fear that it was the wrong decision. And I finally just had to kind of do um, – do like the 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 brainstorming papers of of you know really wasn't what was important to me, and the mission statements of wanting women to look good and feel good and taking everything that I've been through with the eating disorder and making women feel good about their bodies. And once I decided that that was my mission, like that's really what I wanted, I realized that I had to call the brand page. And I had to call it Paige, and I had to be the voice and the spokesperson and the role model out there for women because there was nobody else out there doing it. Sure. And once I dove in with that, like, I am going to be the spokesperson, and I am going to be the face of the brand, and I am going to – the brand is going to be called Paige, and this is really what my mission is. Then the vision started to seem a lot more clear. But before that, you know, when it was trying to design your logo, um, trying to come up with the name – um, knowing that I had to put my dream team together, like call people up and say, hey, if I started this brand, would you want to be my pattern maker? <laughs> sure. Like those 
And I thought people would go, are you off your rocker? You know, you don't even have a business yet, and you're asking me to come aboard. But um, so those were huge fears. And, you know, and then the fear of resigning from, like, 12 different companies. Like, normally somebody just resigns from one. And I had to resign from, like, 12 different companies I was working for. And and that fear of, like, oh, my God, are they going to laugh at me? Because I'm not a designer. I'm I'm a model. You know, but I was a designer. It's just that I people had been so used to calling me a model or a fit yeah. model, or so. So I mean, if you this is fascinating. If you had to help men and women just think through what it would be like to start a business, do you have mm-hmm. a sense of what couple of tips you would give them in terms of your advice? I'm hearing one about finding your mission, finding a purpose, yeah, doing what you love, right. What else um, would you say? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's definitely my my first, um, the, the, you know, the first kind of uh, advice and, and tips that I want to give others. But the second part is is once you've made a decision that 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 is your mission and your purpose and your statement, sticking to it and believing in yourself that way. And it sounds so Pollyanna, but there's always a lot of chefs in the kitchen, and everybody always wants to give you their advice, and it's great to take in the advice. But when you get too many ideas brewing and too many people giving you too much advice, you can get very confused. You can't try to be everything to everybody. You have to decide who you want to be, stand for what you're going to be, and plow through it that way. Because I, you know, I decided that the brand was going to be called Paige and it was going to have a certain look and I was going to be the face. So obviously the look had to correlate with me and the face of who I am. And there's going to be people who don't like my style. And if I try to please everybody, I'm going to, you ruin the reputation of what the brand is because people get confused. So they're like, well, who is the brand? What is the brand? What is, what is their look? What are they going for? So once you make your decision, you have to stick to it and believe in it and, and not try to be too much to too many people. Paige, do you think starting a business is for everyone? Um, I don't think it's for everybody. I think there's definitely personality characteristics and people that some people like to be leaders and some people like to be, you know, soldiers or followers, and that's not a negative thing. It's like some people don't want to be the person in charge of making major decisions. Some people like to be kind of told what to do, and they're proud because they do their job well. I think there's other people who who don't like to be told what to do and are innovators and creators and business entrepreneurs. And I think that that's, there's not a negative or positive to one or the other. You're not better if you're an entrepreneur or you start your own business or if you're somebody that likes to work for other people. You need to find what you know you know what you know you do best and find that passion. And if you're finding that what you're doing isn't working for you, look at what really does work for you and what does make you tick. And I am a person who likes to inspire and create, and I had to to learn that kind of the hard way through the years. But um, I like to inspire and create and innovate, and that's really when I'm happiest. Paige, I want to talk about some of the the hard stuff because a lot of the people I've interviewed, they on the outside appear successful and happy and inspiring, and Mm -hmm. it's hard sometimes to relate to, to that and that level of success, which you certainly have. Were there times where you thought, what am I doing? I should just change. This isn't working. Did oh, my gosh. Did you make mistakes that you were like, oh, I'm just a, you know, <laughs> what am I Absolutely. on? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the scariest part is that I wasn't my own investor. So, you know, I I, I have investors that in, invested in the brand. And at times I would feel like, 
do I know what I'm talking about? You know, here I am, like, in charge of a huge company. I've never ran a company before. I have major, you know, people investing in this company, and I've never designed a garment before. And do I know what I'm doing? I'd be scared out of my mind making big decisions and and trying to put on the facade of, I know exactly what I'm doing, and I'm really confident about it. And it was a facade at first because I was believing in what my gut was telling me, but, oh, my God, I was scared out of my mind. Before my first show, when I launched the brand, I would grind my teeth so hard sleeping because I was so stressed out. And one time I grinded my teeth so hard, I chipped a tooth, like, right before the show. I'm in New York City, don't know any dentist, don't know anybody. The show's going to start. I'm the face of the brand, and I'm I'm grinding my teeth so hard because I'm so stressed out in my mind. Like, are they going to like it? You know, I'm I'm spilling my soul out to the world, going, these are my creations for the first time, and I'm praying that they're going to like it. And and stressing myself out, you know, trying to find a dentist on a Sunday to come into an office <laughs> and fix my teeth, you know. It's um I was I was a mess. And, you know, at times, yeah, in the beginning, I mean, I had a lot of positive reaction, but there'd be some people that'd be like, Well, I don't get it. The jeans kinda of boring and it would be like, Well that's that's the look. The look is really clean and really sophisticated and it's not meant to be about the look of the gene, it's meant to be about how when you put the gene on, how you feel in the gene and that you look amazing in the gene. And, you know, there were some editors in the beginning that were like, well, it's kind of boring, mm-hmm. like, you know, and I had to believe, you know, that like, no, I'm making the right decision. This is what I believe in. And, and yeah, I've made some bad decisions, some designs that didn't work. I'd show it a show and people are like, oh, what was she thinking? And I liked it, but... Who, who along who along the years was your source of real positive encouragement? Was there did you have a few people around you just never let you give up? Absolutely. I mean, my husband absolutely is 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 that he's he's my partner in the business oh. and my partner in life and and um and you know I know he's one of my strongest strongest supporters and and. And and also my life coach, Elizabeth Gamza. I mean, literally, she says I never can go wrong ever if I'm being true to myself and true to my soul. And it sounds so Pollyanna-ish, but it's true. It's like if I'm really trying my best and whether I succeed or fail, if I'm being honest with who I am and what I'm doing, what I'm striving for, and treating people honestly and kindly, and I'm not the kind of person that believes you have to be a bitch to get ahead, it's like that's not who I am as a person, and and the more open I have become with like not knowing everything. Obviously, I don't know everything, and I hire great people to know it for me. <laughs> and you know, at times that's that's. I mean, sometimes it's better to just go. I don't know, but let me find out that answer for you. So they pretend to know everything. There's a great quote by uh, Mother Teresa which says, "God doesn't require you to succeed; He only requires you to try." Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those real very inspirational quotes of letting people go ahead and try and give it their best shot and stay true to who they are. True. And every time I'd get a little lost along the way, it's like if I'd, you know, open up and go, I'm scared and I'm lost and and talk to my life coach or talk to my husband or talk to some other people that work with me that are people who I got to, you know, who I worked for in the past and they believed in me like Trent. And uh, there's several people that believed in me when I worked at other companies, and now they work for me. And, you know, whenever I get lost and go, I'm not really sure what to do, help, um, you know, that that release of fear 
automatically opens you up to change and to listening to other people and and finding your truth again. So wonderful. Yeah, I'm curious about whether you think you could have done it without a business partner. Do you think it's essential that people get a partner? Do you think it really helped you, or oh, okay. you feel about that? Well, it, it it depends on if you talk about like a partner financially or a partner emotionally or both. Um, because I do have like my husband as my partner, you know, emotionally, and then I had my financial partner, and I think both helped me because financially I wasn't scared out. I mean, it was hard because I was playing with other people's money, but at the same time, the fear wasn't that like my whole life savings or whatever I've worked up to now is going to be out the tubes, like all that pressure of feeling like a one-man show. And I feel like when you have somebody to bounce ideas off of, um, that's so much better than being in your head. Like if you're a one-man show and you're in your head and you're not bouncing ideas off of people, um, sometimes you can drive yourself a little too crazy. Do you feel, when you think about yourself, do you feel you have a competitive spirit? Do you think you need one to start a business and get successful? Um, I do feel like I have a competitive spirit. Um, I know that um, I'm not competitive. I'm. Let's, woo, this is a good question. I'm not competitive against other people. I'm competitive with myself. I'm always striving to be better. And, of course, when I'm thinking about, like, you know, going out there and launching a denim line, I want to be better than the other lines out there. So I guess I would say I'm competitive that way. I'm not competitive with people, like, in a mean competitive spirit. But I definitely feel like, you know, I remember my teacher, I had a teacher in third grade who got mad at me one day because I was, we had this like system, a court system in class. If you got in trouble, the policeman would write you a ticket and then you'd have to go to court and you'd have to do all this stuff just to learn the judicial system. And I wanted to play one of the attorneys in, in the classroom and I didn't get voted. So I think I was kind of being a little bit of a... I don't know, mouthing off about something. And, and my, my teacher pulled me aside and she said, Paige, she's like, you always have to be number one. Let somebody else. Let somebody else. You don't always have to be number one. So I know that there's something about me from a young age that has definitely always wanted to be number one. Um, but sometimes, like I said, it's not really the, not really about about the other people. It's me always wanting to be the best at doing what I'm doing. And when I think that's you, kind of important. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. When did you realize that you had succeeded? Oh, wow. Um, wow, I, I think that one I'm still working on. <laughs> you know I, that you have, right? I, I know that I have, and I know that part of the success that I feel has been overcoming the obstacles, and I've had some bad experiences in my life, and I think my success comes like from an inner success of knowing that I've overcome those obstacles and not let it bring me down. So that kind of sense of success and peace I feel great about. Um, in business, um, so that's a personal level of success. And uh, as far as business, I think I, I think I knew that I felt like I was becoming um, successful in business or it was a success when um, I created a really great work environment for people and have a place that empowers other people and makes them feel good about themselves. I do have a product that is a fabulous product that I'm really proud of. And I think when the first emails started coming in from customers saying that they're absolutely in love with their page denim and perhaps like their husband said that their butt never looks so good or (laughs) felt they had the butt of a teenager, um, I started to feel like, wow, I created something that makes people feel good and so therefore I am a success. 
When you started the business, did you have a sense of what that goalpost was? Or it was just, I'm going to start, it, there wasn't a sort of financial goal or a popularity goal? Because I'm, I'm very intrigued as to how people know Measure. that they've really succeeded. And I think people are incredibly tough on themselves. Oh, God, yeah. You know? That, no, it's so true. That's why I said I'm always working on it because I, I always feel like, you know, someone can be um, more successful than me tomorrow and be like, you know, um, you know, beat me, beat me out of the race, you know, kind of thing. But there's really no race. Sure. So I think what what level of success, the two things I think that I was measuring success um, on, well, one, one, one was that like we did projections for the year of like what we thought we'd do in business. And like say my projection for my first year was – I thought hopefully I would do like three million. I'm just giving an example. And when I was at my first show and I was afraid that no stores would even come to see the line, when my booth was incredibly packed and like people were standing in the hallway and everybody was wondering why our booth was the busiest booth of the whole entire show and we got more orders from that particular first show than I expected to do in the whole year. Wow. I started to go, okay, I think I'm on to something. I think wow. that this might be successful. And then when the first shipments were made and the feedback we got from the stores, from the reorders, and then, like I said, from the customer base writing in and actually sending me emails saying, thank you for creating such a great product, that was a personal milestone that made me feel so good. Yeah. So kind of like the orders financially definitely made me feel successful, but you know, from the standpoint of a personal success of creating something that made other people feel good, that's when I knew that that I had created a great product. Paige, a couple more questions. What was sure. the most surprising part of the whole journey up until today? The most surprising part of the whole journey. Um wow, um that it would grow as fast as it did. Um, I feel like I've I've been in stores for like two and a half years, and I already have, um, you know, I'm international, and I have my women's line, my men's line. I do maternity, petites, kids. Um, I have top line. And um, all of that, like the fast growth in two and a half years is, is, is tremendous. Um, and like... I think that the other surprising part was like really like when I asked certain people to come work for me without them even really knowing about what I was going to be creating, the amount of people that said, yes, they'd love to come to work for me it was like un- mind-blowing to me. It was like, what? You're willing to take a risk on your future and your career right now on me? And that I had a good enough reputation that people believed in me was really mind-boggling. I think that that is what really gave me a lot of my my drive and and, and self-esteem to keep going. I feel exactly the same way when yeah. building this business. Yeah. You have people trust you and believe in you and your mission and yeah. really go for it and leave very secure jobs and people have families and commitments. And yeah. It's a huge vote of confidence. Yeah, and then they, they, they get you, and you're like, wow, you really get me. Like, you really understand what I'm about. And I think a lot of times in life we're trying, just trying to prove to people who we are, and when people go, oh, I know who you are, and I believe in you, and I want to be part of it, you just go, it, it makes me tear up, you know. It's like, wow, thank you. <laughs> Do you have other ideas for starting other businesses? Have they kind of been percolating or not yet? Um. Oh, Yeah. 
Um, you know, there's, there's, I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing so much that I can't imagine doing anything else. But um, there's some little things brewing in this, in this, in the back burner that I really can't talk about. But um, my wheels are always spinning of how to grow. You know, I really want this to be an international lifestyle brand, and and there's some projects that I'm working on currently. I actually wrote a book. And the book is going to be out in um, stores in January. Fabulous. Book What's it is, called? It's called Your Perfect Fit, and it's a book on fashion, fitness, and nutrition. And I wrote it with another girl that's a fitness trainer named Ashley Borden, who's also suffered from an eating disorder. And so the book is not meant to be about how to diet or how to look a certain way. It's about how to take what you have and use it and create your you know best assets with what you have and and then, you know, there are, you know, like each chapter is a different body part. And mm-hmm. it kind of emphasizes how to dress the body part and then how to work out the body part. Oh, well, a great idea. It's really fun. So we'll, we'll I have projects little, with that. We'll do a little blurb and promotion on that as well. <laughs> Thank you. Paige, a couple more. Um, sure. Three tips on the first three days of starting a business. Top of your head. First three days of starting a business tips. Three tips? Three tips. Three tips. First three days of starting a business. Three tips are... Believe in yourself. Hire a great uh, team of experts if you don't know how to do something. And third of all, um, find your passion and go with it. Beautiful. The last thing I do with experts and people who I chat with is I ask them what I call the first 30-day signature questions that are not, they're not specific on a particular life change. They're, just, they're more about life and change in general. So here they are. What is the belief that you personally go to in times of change? So when things are changing in your life, might be professional, might be personal, might be something around you, mm-hmm. what is it that you most believe that sort of anchors you and gets you through those those transitional times? Uh, um, I've, I've always believed that, wow, what is my belief that I always go to in times of trouble or in times of change? Um I always try to believe that the best in people, and I always try to believe um, in the best of myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that I always have to go back to the belief that um, if I'm true to myself, I'll never go wrong. Mm. Here's the second one. Fill in the sentence. The best thing about change is? The adventure. Beautiful. The third one is, what is the best change that you've ever made? the best change I've ever made is to, um, in order for me to, to, to learn to, to, to love others and be of service to others more, I had to learn to love myself. And then the last one is, are there any changes right now that you're actually in the middle of that we can just send you off with some cheer and some encouragement? <laughs> Every, everyone's always in the middle of some sort of yeah you know I'm in the middle of, of growing pains oh. um, you know I, I think that uh, that the business is growing beautifully and, and like I said we're, we're you know I've got all these other categories in the business that are growing and and I'm needing to make some big decisions um, it, like you know within my staff and and with the growth and needing to make decisions that are right for the business going forward, which are some of the things I can't talk about. But um, I think that that, that the growing pains are are the hardest part right now because there's some people that might, 
you know, not be working right in, in, since I am growing and need a little bit more help. Yeah. And it's kind of hard because, uh, you know, um, not, it's not letting go of people. It's just making sure that, that I'm taken care of um, from a business standpoint or the business, not me, yeah. taken care of. And with that growing pain sometimes made, are hard decisions that you really don't want to make. Yeah. Well, so. I tell you here, at the first 30 days, we believe in radical optimism and the mm-hmm. growth and change is a good thing and something good will happen from that. And mm-hmm. So I wish you all the best with thank every, you. everything. And thank you for all of, just the contribution you've made to people and women and who you stand for and Thanks. what you are in the world for women. And I hope I, our paths do cross. Oh, I do too. I look forward to seeing you when I'm in and New York next time, and I'll make sure I, I, I can fit it into my schedule. So I'd Thank you, that. Paige. I appreciate all the wisdom, all the tips. Thank on you. The first three days of starting a business and certainly pursuing a dream for you. You're welcome. Be well. Bye-bye. We've been speaking with Paige Adams-Geller founder of Page Premium Denim, a company who strives to provide flattering designer jeans to everyone, regardless of size and shape. For more information about Page, her company, and her products, visit pagepremiumdenim.com. And Page is spelled P-A-I-G-E. I'm Ariane. Thanks for listening. And for other interviews and tips, please visit us at first30days.com. Thanks for listening to Change Nation from First30Days.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes in the Society and Culture section under Philosophy. Make sure you take time to leave us feedback about the show. We'd love to know what you think. Change Nation is a production of First30Days.com. Copyright 2008. All rights reserved.